Hey, greetings, good groovers. There's people, 14 viewers out there in the darkness. Welcome to Canned Air, one of the greatest shows you'll ever hear. Uh, right now, let's uh, meet our host and find out what's happening tonight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and uh, Jack and Jake aren't here with me this week, but joining me is my girlfriend, Brooke Johnson. Thanks for being here, Brooke. Thanks for having me. And the whole reason you are here with me today is because it, this whole thing was your idea. We were done covering conventions for the season, but you had brought up the Horror Hound convention coming to Columbus, Ohio, which I don't, does it go around the country, do you know? I know there's one in Indianapolis. I'm sure right. I'm sure there are various I think there was one around. in Cincinnati, too. But I think they stay pretty much around where we are. I could be wrong about that. But, again, very new to the Horror Hound experience. But uh, Brooke put the idea in my head, and uh, we reached out to him, and we were able to get some press passes. So the following episode is going to be the coverage we got from that convention. And we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this week. Uh, a first for us, actually, where... The episode you're hearing now is going to be both a video and a podcast. You can either listen through earbuds or on the radio or whatever, or you can get on YouTube and watch the same episode with our pictures and videos sunk up to it. So you get the full experience, all right? But before we do that, a few things we got to go over. You want to head over to candairpodcast.com. You can check out some of our past episodes, uh, read up on them as well. You can check out our special guest page, some of our uh, very special guests that we've been very proud of in the past. You can uh, check out there. And uh, what else is on there? Our merch page. You can go to society6.com forward slash Pod. Get yourself a Candair mug, shirt, clock, whatever you want. Any way you want to rep Candair is fine by us. I was thinking we needed a shower curtain, a Candair shower curtain <laughs> well, for there's, Christmas. There's definitely shower curtains <laughs> on there, but uh, yet for one to be sold. Uh, and the offer still stands. If anyone buys it, we will do five podcasts on the topic of your choice because, by God, you earned them. Uh, but what else? Head over to our YouTube page and uh, check out our newest uh, video, The Grave of the Vampire, where we riff over it just like Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000 style. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it turned out pretty good, so be sure to check that out. And uh, again, if you're listening to this in podcast form, head over to our YouTube page to check it out in video form. Okay, so with that all behind us, let's just jump right into the coverage of this uh, event. How did it live up to your expectations? I was thrilled. I, I mean, I love the horror genre anyway. And so, and I'd heard about this for maybe the last five years. And yeah, I, I know. And I think this was actually the 10th year that it's in, that it was in Columbus. So you're right. This is the 10th anniversary. Yeah, the 10th I forgot anniversary. about that. I forgot about so, that. you know, we had never been, we had heard about it, but it really, it surpassed my expectations. Honestly, it yeah, was same here. It, we're so used to going to a convention center to, mm -hmm. to, you know, and which are huge and epic and, and really well put on right. and a lot of fun. But this, um, you know, it, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. It was in a hotel conference center mm -hmm. um, in various ballrooms. And, and it was just really well done. Great vendors, just so many artists. and I kind of equate it to like going to a concert. When you go to a concert in a big arena, it's a lot of fun. But it's not like going to a concert in a smaller venue. It seems much more intimate that way. And you get the same kind of experience with this convention. Uh, we were able to meet guests that we were uh, actually wanting to meet for a it, change. Sometimes it, that doesn't happen. It definitely felt, 
you're right. Intimate is is a good word. Even though it was large, it was still a large event. You, it felt like you were more in touch with the mm-hmm. with the artists there, with the celebrities that were there. You know, they they were closer to you. You were able more to meet accessible. people. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. You weren't being chased off by uh, bodyguards and right. staff and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of. It wasn't a slower vibe, but it just it, it mm-hmm. did feel like. You know, you were just engulfed by this this whole fun experience. So. Right, it's a different experience. I've, like we've said, never been to a horror convention. One thing that was really cool to see was the trauma booth. We didn't pick anything up, and uh, unfortunately, Lloyd Kaufman wasn't sitting there. That would have been pretty darn cool. But still, uh, it was just cool to see that at a convention. I've never seen that in all the conventions we've been to. Uh, just check out some of the stuff that was hanging around there. But um, that was a lot of fun just because everything there, because it's horror related, everything there is is really kind of dark. And and I mean, it's still a fun, happy vibe, but it's more in black and gray tones everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you see this neon wall of trauma mm-hmm. uh, in the distance and you can see it from anywhere you are in there. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Lots of cool things. Uh, I, I don't think we were able to stop and look at half of it. We were so busy and just yeah. because of the flow of people, but uh, some of the things we did get to look at first, we stopped at a table. Uh, it was shock studios it was the horrendous art of Mike Skaggs. Now, when we stopped at this table, there wasn't much on it. I think there was a box of maybe some like, zombie heads it looks like he uh, like handcrafts these maybe out of clay or something but what really grabbed our eye were two uh close to 12 inch tall dolls of uh jason and freddy very animated uh textile to them i mean they weren't like uh like mcfarlane accurates by any means but uh they looked freaking awesome they had an animated like comic touch to them that I would prefer over a uh, McFarlane sculpt any day. Yeah, I love, I mean, I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there were like four Freddies, all kind of, it was like an army of Freddy Kruegers there in front of you. Um, I don't know, how tall would you say they were? Was, Maybe 18 inches or so? 12 to 18, somewhere in that vicinity. And, and two of them didn't have hats on. So it was just really yeah. cool. And they were so detailed. I mean, they he, were amazing. he's a master artist, really. And, and also at that table he had a lot of uh i don't know if they were walking dead they looked like walking dead like kind of removed jaw uh type zombies Mm -hmm. but in just the heads in magnet form which were super cute yeah absolutely and if you are uh, watching our youtube video then you are seeing this as we're talking about it and if you're not another reason to go over to youtube and check it out but you can check out more of mike skaggs on instagram at Skaggs of the Living Dead. And he's on Facebook and on uh, Etsy at Shock Studios. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. A lot of cool stuff there. Another artist we came across that really stopped us in our tracks was uh, Tracy Gurney. Uh, do you remember the uh, the ornaments, the, what was it, the Stranger Thing and Friday the 13th Christmas ornaments? It, Those were amazing. It was absolutely one of my favorite things of the entire day. Yeah, And, for sure. and she said she had just made them recently, like... You know, within yeah, the I think week it was like so. maybe the same day or within a few days or something. It was incredible. But yeah, uh, so well, and here we are. You know, it's days after Halloween that we're going to this thing. So, you know, most of the country, most of the world's probably out of that Halloween vibe feeling. But here we are seeing this Christmas tree in the distance, and mm-hmm. it's just covered with these bulbs that are just adorable. I mean, I think there were maybe Jason and. I don't know if there were any Freddy, but I think I there was like a... I didn't see Freddy, but there were some that had like uh, the Eggo Waffles, yeah, uh, so 11. Cute. 
and uh, also the, the you know the alphabet with the Christmas lights on it. That, that was really cool. That I absolutely. I absolutely right. loved it was yeah it was the entire Christmas light set uh, done up with the lettering on the outside of the bulb mm-hmm. so it was so cute yeah it was really cool and I'm really regretful we didn't get one for our tree uh, but, but we still can we still can she does have an Etsy store she sells all this stuff on Etsy again that's Tracy Gurney uh, graphic design and pop culture creations uh, she is on Facebook at the Tracy Gurney and on Twitter at Tracy Gurney. And you can just head over to TracyGurney.com. And that's G-U-R-N-E-Y. That's correct. And uh, yeah, of all those places, you're bound to find where you're uh, looking to get. So, But if you're a Strangers, Stranger Things fan, which we are, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't made it to the end of season two at this point, but we're headed that we're way. We're in that direction. Um, but if, you know, so many of us are Stranger Things fans and, and with the release of season two it's been mm-hmm. for sure for sure so, it's been exciting to see all of the merchandise that that revolves around that phenomenon there were some other uh, things we saw like the uh, the little action figures of the guys in like a in a frame a box frame like a shadow box shadow box yeah. with little the, the christmas lights on the wall behind them that actually lit up it looked really cool but again uh if you're watching the video you'll see the links right there they're probably in the description as well And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, just click on the info. There's probably links in there as well. Now, another vendor that we came across that uh, stopped me in my tracks, uh, just because of the, you know, the bright, vibrant colors, one from the uh, from the reanimator syringes that were lined in the front of his table. But then after that, what caught my eye was there's a Chucky, a good guy, a little Chucky knife uh, sitting there, along with some Freddy gloves. A gentleman by the name of Mark Phillips from Nightmare Unlimited, Nightmares Unlimited, excuse me, uh, had a whole bunch of uh, movie replicas of like I said Freddy's glove Chucky's knife the phantasm balls yes phantasm thank you I think there was a Hellraiser cube there maybe yeah there was there was something like all kinds of cool stuff and it uh, not only did it look movie ready but it some of them looked better some of them were exact replicas it looked like and other ones were their own take on it like there's a freddy glove that had freddy's face etched in the on top of the hand uh, along with some of words i don't remember exactly what they said but um yeah like i said i got an interview with him so uh let's cut over to my interview really quick with mark phillips i'm here at horror hound 2017 in columbus ohio with mark phillips thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me man uh not a problem thank you for uh taking the time to talk with me no problem i mean who could blame me you walk by this table you can't stop but uh turn and look at some of the awesome uh movie artifacts you've crafted here uh tell me how'd you get in the business of doing this well it started out uh back in 2001 uh i was building a haunted attraction for myself oh okay I went out looking for realistic looking props and I couldn't find anything and the stuff that I did find was either too expensive or I just didn't like it. Sure. So being an artist uh, pretty much most of my life, I decided why not take a shot at doing this. Now I'm telling you, I didn't like jump in doing great things. Sure. I still had the first glove I ever built. It was the first prop I ever built hanging on my shop wall and it is a hunk of disaster. Really? But it is mine and I built it right. and it hangs on my shop wall to just remind me of how far I've come right. in, wow, 16 years now. And, I mean, you could be really working in Hollywood. I mean, this Freddy Glove right in front of me, this is what initially caught my eye, and this looks movie-grade here. I mean, how long does it take you to put something together like this? Um, because this is specialty and everything that's here, let me stop this a second. 
everything that you see, the lettering, the face, all that was hand cut into it. Wow. I mean, I designed the glove, but I uh, worked with another builder on this after okay. Wes died because Wes was a huge influence on both of us. Right. So uh, I designed it, and we both hand cut uh, with Dremel this glove to present it. And probably you're looking at 20, 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I would think like three, four weeks or something. At least that's how long it would probably take me. Well, uh, I have been billing for 16 years, so um, experience. I do, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all about experience, and designing it is actually a lot more time-consuming than building it. Sure. After sure. a while. Well, your work is impressive, and uh, I think people should go check it out. Uh, your company's called Nightmares Unlimited, correct? Yes, sir. Nightmares is, Unlimited. Is the website under the same name? Um, well, we actually don't do a website because in this day and age, everybody is on social media. Oh, okay. And honestly, if I can connect on social media, it, having a website is just an additional headache, additional cost, and stuff like sure. that. And a lot of people, they have Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Facebook and yeah. that is where all your traffic is now. Exactly. Okay. you got to change with the times. Sure. I understand. Well, we're, we're going to help direct some people your way because this is incredible and more people need to check this out. Mark, thank you so much for taking some thank time you. to talk to me. All right, much. All right. Again, that was an interview with Mark Phillips of Nightmares Unlimited. You really need to check out his work. Head over to Facebook and uh, go to Nightmares Unlimited to see what he's got going on right there. But if you ever get a chance to see his work, I mean, those Freddy gloves were just phenomenal. Ridiculously yeah. detailed. And he's been doing it for years, he said. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a second nature to him. I wish we had a talent like that. All right, what do we have next? Oh, what about these guys? We came oh. across a group right in front of the trauma booth, actually, that stopped us in our tracks. It was three gentlemen. Uh, we did not get their names, uh, but they were done up. And how would you describe it? They had kind of like saucer oh. things on their heads with LED lights, painted from head to toe. Very, very elaborate. And if you're watching the video, you're seeing the pictures right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. I mean, it was definitely like a futuristic but old world vibe. It wasn't your standard steampunk at all. I mean, it was like no. its own thing, and it was so yeah. cool. And it's funny because I walked up to the one gentleman. They all had our backs to us looking at the trauma stuff, and I tapped on his shoulder to ask for a photo. And when he turned around, he had those uh, effect contacts in that his eyes were all white except for the center. It was like a little black pupil, and I just... It stopped me for a second. I couldn't get my sentence out when I was like, can I get a picture with you? But uh, I I can't stop looking at that picture of them. It was so good and so elaborate. But they said what they were doing was uh, they were characters from a movie that they had produced uh, called Chicago Rot. Uh, that is currently available on iTunes. What else here? Xbox, Google Play, uh, Amazon, about anywhere you can uh, find a movie online. But uh, it looks really cool. I talked about getting them on the show uh, here in the near future. I'm going to hope for hopefully try for January or February because I am dying to hear more about this project. And after seeing these guys and seeing the picture that you guys are seeing at home on the YouTube page, I would think you'd probably want to learn a little bit more yourself. So uh, head over to chicagorot.com. They're on Facebook and Twitter at Chicago Rot and on Instagram at Chicago Rot Movie look into it and uh, again look forward to uh, the gentleman that uh, we ran into at the convention being on the show here in the near future to uh, tell us more about it uh, were there any other vendors I'm not thinking of? Yeah, so we happened upon this booth uh, that that caught my eye immediately. You know, we're animal lovers and there were all of these just really oh. cool 
I don't know if they were polymer resin. I don't know what they were. Cast uh, magnets yeah, of like cool. cat faces and mm-hmm. zombie faces. And there were like, I don't know, severed fingers. Uh, they had a bunch of ornaments. Like and crucifix. Uh, little crucifix is made out of uh, uh, fingers. Like yeah, cut up yeah, fingers yeah. and sewn together in like a cross. But she told us that her uncle was the one that did all of this artistry. And, and the name of the... Uh, the name of his company is Skull 13, so Skull 13. Uh, and you can check out his website there. But really beautiful mm-hmm. work. Yeah, it was really cool. We uh, picked up one ourselves, actually. We brought home a cat to put on the fridge. Uh, what was it, like a screaming cat face? Yeah, That's like fangs a with really Black big and fangs. white, uh, kind of a spackling. Yeah, like a marbleized, yeah. a kind of a marbleized spackling. Yeah, it very looks cool. looks awesome. It looks really cool. So again, Skull13, that's the number, not spelled out, Skull13.com. Check it out. So those were some of the uh, most memorable vendors uh, we got to see at the convention, uh, though there were a lot more I wish uh, we could have stopped and talked with, but hey, it's a convention. They're busy. It was a Saturday. These people are making money, not, not trying to jump through hoops for us, right? But uh, for all those people that did, we are very grateful for your time, and thank you. And uh, that includes the upcoming celebrity interviews we have right now. Uh, We got to first catch up with uh, American Pie and Sharknado star Tara Reid, and that was Brooke's uh, first interview for Candare Podcast, right? How was that for you? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. She was a very, very nice person, very gracious to give us the interview, and, you know, she was open with with all of the questions that we had for her, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always, uh, you gotta really give it to these celebs that take time out of their day to talk to you for a few minutes, because they are there to make money, you know, they are working, and to walk away from that to uh, humor us for a little bit. They don't need our our boost. You know, we're not doing anything for them. They're doing that for us. So a big thanks to them. But anyway, without any further ado, let's just cut over to Brooks' interview with Tara Reed. We're here at the Horror Hound 2017 Columbus, Ohio Con, and I'm here with the incomparable Tara Reed. And it's lovely to see you today. So thank you, thank you for taking a few minutes for us. Um, the 20th anniversary of The Big Lebowski is coming out, uh, is in March. still chilling at that mansion. <laughs> and uh, I don't think much changes with Bunny. I think her whole life, Bunny Lebowski will be Bunny. You know, she's probably chilling at the pool, having a drink. Painting her nails. Painting her nails. Yeah. Having friends over. You know, it's not much different, like, I think, than the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> how she right, feels. right, right. Okay, um, so American Pie, uh, the fifth installment, do you think it's going to happen of the American Pie five and something forever. Yeah. But you just never know. It took us so many years to do the reunion. You know, um, that was before, like 10 years later. I think it was 11, really, when we shot it. So maybe one day there'll be a five, but I don't know. I mean, people came up with a bunch of ideas. We heard it, it could be in Vegas. We heard it could be on, you know, on vacation. We heard, like, I heard it could be on a cruise ship. I mean, yeah. So, you know, you never know to get the script. and. Just really don't know. Okay, yeah. it's a fun time. I mean, it's like I a high school reunion for you yeah, guys. Absolutely. And Kevin, you and Kevin will be yeah. here, here yeah. together again today. So. Yeah, exactly. Super fun with Tommy. Um, okay, so Sharknado Five. You're, you're doing lots of five installments, possibly. So um, the locations that you went yeah, to, different countries, beautiful. It was amazing. We started from Bulgaria, then we went to London. 
from London, we went to Rome, and then from Rome we went to Tokyo, and then Australia, and then back to LA. So it was like we were on tour. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you get to do a lot of sightseeing while you were there? We actually did it? more than you think, because every time we got there, we had like at least a day or two off, because the cameras had to get ready, and they had to right. go to location shoot, like shooting. So normally it's just like one, two, three, four, five. It's really fast. Yeah. But it was definitely like part of a vacation, so we really got to see the cities as well. All right, and so again, there was Brooke's interview with Tara Reid. That was really cool, and I'm very proud of you for doing that. I'm kind of jealous I didn't get to talk to her, but uh, I'm happy for you. Again, uh, how was it for you? Did you uh, were you nervous? Were you? Yeah, of course I was nervous. I mean, I I still remember watching American Pie for the first time and all the things she's been in. But you know, she was very down to earth and very nice. So yeah, she, she made was. it easier. She was very cool. All right, and on to our second interview. I got to talk a little bit with Fritz the Night Owl from Night Owl Theater. Uh, We had Fritz on our show, I think, in episode 35 and 36. I mean, it's been a long time ago. I don't even know if they're still showing in the iTunes catalog, but if you go to our website, you can get to them there. But uh, for those of you who don't know who Fritz is, uh, when was it? Starting late 60s, early 70s, uh, Fritz not only was on the radio, uh, he had a jazz station that he hosted, but he was also on, I think, Friday, maybe Saturday nights. Do you remember what night of the week it was? I don't. I mean, he was on my entire childhood. Right. But he would come on in the evening uh, and present Night Owl Theater, where he'd bring you a movie. And you wouldn't only watch this movie, but he would cut in here and there and uh, make commentary, funny commentary on the movie. And his his image was he had these great big, what what are those glasses called? Like owl-style glasses or cat frame glasses. They had like little sequin points on the top to make them look like allies. And Mm -hmm. they're the same glasses he's used for the past 40 years in doing this. But after uh, he stopped doing it for the TV station, he was picked up again by a local filmmaker, Mike McGrainer, and uh, brought uh, Night Owl Theater back to life and had it, still has it, I should say, circulating in theaters around Columbus and maybe even in surrounding states and has uh, really built up quite a, uh, a resurgence of fans, another following for it. And that's honestly where I got on. I don't remember Fritz from when I was young. I think I was too young to remember a lot of that. But um, it's been a lot of fun following up with him and uh, checking out the the new Night Owl Theater. But he announced that he's going to be retiring, semi-retiring. He's going to be doing maybe only one or two movies a year now. So uh, anyway, I'm going to quit babbling and just let you listen to the interview I got with Fritz the Night Owl. Here at Horror Hound 2017 with Fritz the Night Owl. Fritz, thanks for taking a minute to talk with me. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to see you and see all the fans that are always coming to the Night Owl Theater booth. All these years later, you have remained so relevant. What do you think it is about uh, Night Owl Theater that people keep coming back for more? Well, actually, it amazes me because I did Night Owl back, started in 74. Right. And back in those days, Flip of the Clown and I would talk about, well, it's nice we're doing it, but, you know, who's going to remember in 20 years? And here it is 43 years later, and I'm just astounded. People yeah. remember it and still enjoy it. And they'll bring their kids who've never seen, sure. you know, like a host, a locally hosted movie show, because that's kind of a, the Tyrannosaurus Rex right. of the business on local television. And so they'll bring their kids to say, this is what I watched when I was a kid, <laughs> which is very gratifying. 
fine. And you've got quite a history under your belt, especially this new age of Night Owl Theater that's, uh, I just love it, breathe new life into the franchise, it seems. Well, th this is our 21st century version, yeah. and we owe it to Mike McGrainer, uh, Dino Tripotis, who's a disc jockey on WSNY Sunday 95 in Columbus, and the late, great Andy Mann from CD 101. Uh, they wanted to do this, and my I turned them down four times. I said, who's going to want to see it? Wow. You know, 43 years later, okay, maybe my kids, maybe my family, maybe sure. my granddaughters who are too young to see it. I don't know. Well, we went to the first showing at the Grandview Theater, and it was a full house, so I just did my mea culpas and mea culpas, and <laughs> we've been doing one a month ever since. Wow. That's a lot of work. So, yeah, since uh, about Halloween of 2010 was our first one, Night of the Living dead at the Grandview Theater. Oh, nice. Nice. See, the first two years, we did just public domain movies. Right. And then Mike got the idea, let's do new movies. We'll have to pay a rental, but the theater pays the rental, and we do the movies, and oh, so it smart. all works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm dying to see your Jurassic Park take. That looks like it's going to be awesome. Oh, it, it's... Well, see, the thing is, we can't... Where we could sell DVDs of our public domain movies, oh, I see. we can't yeah, so sell DVDs. the DVDs of the newer movies like Jurassic Park. I missed my Park. chance. Darn it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it'll be showing up again. Where are you from? Right here in Columbus. Okay, well, it'll be showing up again at either Studio 35 or... Okay. See, I'm... We're stopped... Today is re announced as my retirement party, yes. but it's really a semi-retirement. All it means is that in 2018, we're not going to do a regular schedule of new movies. We might do two or three. We might do none. I see. So there's no new movies, but I'll still be going to the personal appearances like sure. at 35 and Grandview whenever right. whenever they're running. So, However you're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've turned, I told Mike, I said, you know, from now on, if a city is more than 50 miles away from Columbus, they can get the movies, but I won't be there. <laughs> Makes sense. In a way, this is my last horror hound because Cincy and Indy now are too. F it's actually the travel that, at my geezer age, I can't do. <laughs> yeah, well, traveling even on me is, and, and is tough. Plus, well, plus the, the three-day weekend, plus three long days, mm -hmm. and uh, the long travel. And at my age, which is 41, the second time around. Look at you. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, those unfiltered camels and cheap gin weren't as bad as the doctor said. <laughs> Love talking to you, man. That's Thank you so much for asking. So, uh, in, in retirement, I know it's hard for creative people. Semi. Semi-retirement. I know it's hard for retired people to stay retired, especially when you're creative. Aside from the occasional Night Owl Theater episodes, anything else planned for retirement? Oh, uh, I'm a painter. That is, I paint pictures. Is that so, right? yeah, so, so I'll get back. I'll be doing more of my watercolors and pastels oh, and acrylics, wow. uh, which have sort of fallen off the last couple of years, but I'm going to be getting back to doing. I mean, it's I can start a painting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'll have my coffee, and I'll go to the John. And the next thing I know, it's 5 in the afternoon. Wow. And it just is so terrific. Time and, flies when you're having fun. Yeah. yeah doing and what you, you just love. get so involved in it and enjoy it. And Any uh, particular uh, kind of painting you like to do, like scenic? What do you what do you prefer to paint? I really do all 
kinds. It just depends on the, about the th one thing I'm light on is portraiture. Okay. But I like um, oh I like doing variations on psychedelic All and right. uh, I like doing I do, like doing landscapes and. Uh, it just varies. Uh, uh, I'm having. I'm still trying to get where I can do water. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm but, dying to see some of these paintings. Is there anywhere uh, people well, can go to see them? Or? I don't know if you saw our version of The Shining. I haven't. No. Oh well, I did a charcoal. No, well, actually, a pastel portrait of Jack Nicholson when he was in about the Witches of Eastwick age. Okay. So he's a little heavier than the young Jack Nicholson, but he's lighter than he is now, and the hair right. was, was darker, and he had the little ponytail. Yes. But I captured the that fantastic smile that is, you know, no one has a smile like Jack Nicholson. Sure. So it was a pretty good likeness, and when we did the version of... Um, the Shining. One on one of our breaks, we showed the my Jack Nicholson Did you? pastel. And, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing them in the Thank future, you, and well. I uh, hope you enjoy your semi-retirement, Fritz. Thanks so much for talking to me. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, and that was our interview with Fritz the Night Owl. You can head over to uh, fritzlives.com and check out more of what he and Mike McGrainer have going on over there. You can check a schedule of uh, movies that are coming uh, around Columbus or surrounding states. Uh, you can get merchandise, T-shirts. I picked up one for myself. I'm actually wearing it right now, rocking Fritz on my shirt. And uh, there's also DVDs on there. If you aren't familiar with Fritz and you want to get familiar, there's some DVDs of his old days back when he was on television. And uh, there's also some uh, newer Night Out Theater DVDs you can buy. Lots of goodness on there to check out. So uh, head over there, fritzlives.com. All right, everyone. And now for the last interview of our con coverage of Horror Hound 2017, we got to catch up with Ethan Embry. And for those of you who don't know who that is, he uh, starred in what movies such as Empire Records, Can't Hardly Wait, uh, what else? Uh, that Thing You Do, one of my favorite movies. What else has he been in, Brooke? Some big stuff recently, too, right? Well, I mean, he he was recently in The Walking Dead in the last few seasons. He has a, a new horror movie out just this year called The Devil's Candy that looks amazing. And uh, it's actually doing really, really well uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you want to check that out. This was another interview I was super jealous about. I wish I was the one talking to him because, uh, man, big fan of him just like you are. But uh, seemed I don't like, think you're a big fan just like I am. No, not just <laughs> like. there. You, you had to be the one to do that interview for obvious reasons. So anyway, without further ado, let's cut over to Brooke's interview with Ethan Embry. Okay. Here we are at Horror Hound 2017 in Columbus, and we're here with Ethan Embry. It's very nice meeting you. Likewise. Thanks yeah. for coming by. I actually worked at a CD store in 1997. Oh, cool. And, what was the name of it? Do you remember the name? It was on Q. It was very much more Fantastic. music town. Lovely. Okay. And I, I begged for a Joe that never came. Got it. So, anyway, do you think you'll you'll do any more reunions for Rex Manning Day? I saw you guys did that. And that was uh, well, we did. So that was for the 20th, so that was a pretty special, you know. Um, I mean, who's to say? Maybe. Right. We, we Sometimes what we do, we... Um, We'll do a live tweet along on okay. Rex Manning Day. I'll get a couple of the other guys that have Twitter, and everybody pushes play at the same time, and then okay. makes fun of it together. You know? Why make fun of it? It's because so, it's so easy to make fun. I of. know, but it's so good. It sticks with you. Okay, um, I, I wanted to ask you about playing Carter. Yep. Um, yeah. 
Scott Gimple said that you were like an alternate universe Rick, which I imagine is like a huge compliment. I, yeah, I've never heard that. That's beautiful. Really? No. Oh, well, I think it's it's huge. So I, I feel like, I don't know, I wanted to ask you about watching it this season, how you feel, what do you think you'd be doing this season? I still haven't, because I wait until a couple of them come out, and I don't okay. read anything, and don't look, and then I then I sit and watch a couple at once. So I haven't started this season yet. Okay, I yeah. won't spoil it, I promise. I think, what is it, I'm, there's the third episode is tomorrow, tomorrow night? Yeah. 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 So I'm only a couple behind, I'll probably start watching it soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about The Devil's Candy. Yeah. So, and, and Otis from from The Walking Dead, right, yeah. was was your uh, Ray in that. Oh, was he in Walking Dead as well? Oh, yeah, cool. oh, he rad. was in one of the earlier okay, awesome. seasons. Oh, fantastic. Um, anyway, do you. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? I mean, are you into the horror genre just in, in general? Or? I am. I like the, the thing about horror, personally, I think it's one of the things that the independent. Portion of the industry does better than the mainstream. Okay. Um, most of my favorite horrors are smaller independent films that just found magic, right. and they they take risks and tell stories that hadn't been told before. Um, seems to me that the mainstream ones are a little too formulaic. Okay. Um, like once they figured out how to show the creeping on their back, like bent over thing from the right. grudge, everybody does it now. Um, while indies will tell a different story, more character driven. Yeah. Um, uh, so yes, I am a horror fan, and I like making them. Okay. Yeah, I love. And it's doing so well. I mean, it's 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 yeah. rated so highly. So. Oh yeah, devils. Yeah, people like the devil's candy, which is. And what's your what's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie. Kid, uh, Phantasm. I'll be right back. Um, go ahead, Sean. I'm so sorry. Thank you, sorry. No, no, no. When I was a kid, uh, Phantasm was one of my favorites. Of course, The Shining. Uh, newer, I would say. I'm really into uh, Korean horror. Like, okay. I Saw the Devil. Okay. Um, another one, Yellow Sea. It's not really horror, but it's absolutely horrific. Um, if it can, if it can give me anxiety, I'm, yeah. I love it. Let, well, we went saw recently a new film, uh, uh, Killing a Sacred Deer. <gasps> have you seen I, it? I have not. I've seen the trailer. Great. It's fantastic. It looks. I had no amazing. idea what it was about going into it. It's like its own genre, really. It's. I mean, I I was laughing my ass off, but I'm oh. a morbid motherfucker. <laughs> um, so I would say it's a horror comedy. Yeah. You know. Um, Did you see the lobster? I did, yeah. I like Killing a Sacred Deer a lot more. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a much better film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. The lobster, it stayed with me. I'll say that. Yeah, Killing a Sacred Deer will get you. Don't even look at what it's about. Just go see it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you so much for taking the time Of course. Thanks for coming by and saying hello. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. All right, everyone. So, again, Brooke's interview with Ethan Embry. Was it surreal for you? Are you in heaven? It, talking to your man it was absolutely a dream come true <laughs> i i uh, there really there were no words i'm glad that i was able to get a few words out that's you're all getting to say. meet your hollywood hunks through the show aren't you <laughs> you got to talk to christopher daniel barnes and you were I all know. a flutter that day i know i was i was very swoony 
Yes, well, you did a good job, and uh, it was a good interview. So uh, big thanks to him for uh, giving us a little bit of time to talk to him. Uh, the only connection we really have to him is on Twitter at Embry Ethan, but of course he has an IMDb page and a Wikipedia page, so go check him out. If you don't know who he is, you are really missing out. Did we forget anything? Is there anything else we need to mention? Some of the amazing cosplayers. We forgot about that that we saw this weekend. So, so many. Just so much work they put into these costumes. Yes, the uh, the, the couple that was Kiss. The couple that dressed up as Kiss. That was incredible. Um, down to the tongue. Down to the jeans and tongue. I wanted to stop... And this is stupid of me. I should have just asked him, but I feel like he was irritated by the fact that I asked for a picture. I don't think he oh, was... No. But I always feel like people are irritated. But I feel like if you're if you're showing up in costume like that, you have to expect to be stopped every five feet for a picture. Yeah, I think people, I think cosplayers in general, and and you guys can comment if if this is wrong. Um, I think it's kind of like being a celebrity for the day. I mean, you want people to That's take true. your picture. You want to have your picture taken with other people. So That's true. I think it was exciting for them, and it was exciting for us to see them. His. His costume was really incredible. That Gene, his tongue, I, I, I don't know. If Gene Simmons got something cut for his tongue to come out that far, this guy had to have done the same because his tongue was all the way down the front of his chin, like almost touching the bottom of his chin. It was crazy. Yeah, he was fully committed. He looked just like Gene Simmons. It was in, it was impressive. And the boots. Oh, my goodness. Watch it actually have been Gene Simmons just incognito, <laughs> just playing it cool. Like That was not Shannon Tweed with him, but she did a wonderful job. The woman. <laughs> she was awesome, woman. yeah. yeah. She, they were both really good. I, I liked her take on it. She was uh, Ace Fraley, and she had yeah. great big glasses on. To have his face makeup rather than the actual face makeup. It was just a cool new take. I really enjoyed it, but uh, it was the, cool. The other one that was just a huge hit, the the woman dressed as Freddy Krueger. Oh, she was awesome, yeah. She and she the also makeup. did her own take on it. Like uh, She had her hair done back. Like, she looked like Almost she had, dreads. Yeah, yeah, and the side of her head was shaved, and uh, she had that makeup kind of go only on half of her face, kind of back maybe onto that part of her head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was her own take on Freddy Krueger, but mm-hmm. it was excellently executed. Agreed. Yeah, very much so. So uh, kudos to her. And let's not forget the uh, gentleman who was walking around on stilts with his daughter oh. tied to strings. Now, that sounds horrible if you're listening to this on the <laughs> podcast. But if you go to our YouTube page and uh, are watching the video as you listen, then you're seeing exactly what we're talking about. He was just kind of like a carnival clown almost, not, not very colorful, just black and white yeah. on stilts. Don't get me wrong, the dude looked creepy. I just didn't want to give the wrong impression when I say carnival clown. That, that lends to no, br- I mean, light, like bright colors and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely like a black and white kind of jester feel. To, I don't know yeah. if it's jester, but it, it's like kind of that 1920s carnival feel. A touch of ICP in there, maybe. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he had his, uh, I'm assuming what was his daughter. Uh, she was in like a little... Creepy looking Victorian, girl, like she Victorian was in a gray dress, Victorian costume like with little ringlets. Just yeah, like a little dead Victorian girl. But so he, creepy. But the guy above was holding marionette sticks and had like strings coming down to her shoulders and arms. So it was really cool. Uh, I mean, they weren't there to shop. They were there to take pictures. The they, work that that must have taken. Was yeah. There. And, and the <laughs> walking around like that all day long, both of them. And you know, what's funny is I think they take their show on the road too. I was watching some, huh. uh, indie Indianapolis footage and I saw them walking in the background there too. And oh, they're wow. in the same outfits. But, uh, yeah, if you're watching again, the YouTube video, you're seeing, uh, that image right now, who else was there? I'm trying to 
Thank you. Met the ancient aliens guy. That <laughs> it took me a minute to understand yeah. who that was, but I think me he's too. Probably more well known through meme now than he is through actual. It was, uh, it's the hair. It's the hair that gets people. Right. Yeah, and kind of the hand <laughs> gestures. Yeah, he did a great job with his costume. There were some pretty creepy masks there too. Not not that they were on cosplayers, but just like hanging around. There was a, a leather face mask that was hanging there with like oh. these kind of like buck teeth sticking out of it. it looks creepy. And then also the jigsaw mask. Every time we walked by it, it kind of creeped me out a little bit. Um, it was just a good time all around. A really good time. Yeah, it was a full day. It you know I recommend it to anyone. If you love film, if you love. The creepy and the fantastic, it's a really great time. Now, yeah. do you remember the, uh, going back a little bit, the Freddy Krueger that was standing with the, uh, oh, yes. the marionette guy uh, in the hallway there? I think we got a picture of him. And the guy looked just like Freddy. Yeah. Like, it was, it was creepy. A, it was a mask. I mean, it was it like was a, a rubber mask, mask but it was like his, a fitted rubber mask looking like his Robert His face maybe England. was a little bit fuller. But other than that, like, until I stood there and made sure I heard him talk... And knew it wasn't him, you know, I didn't hear that Freddy voice. He kind yeah. of was like, Oh, you like McCallston? You know, <laughs> like, oh, that's definitely not Freddy. So, but uh, still, very cool costume. All right, everyone. So, I think that's going to do it for our coverage today. I hope you enjoyed what we, uh, what we gathered for you. I know we had a hell of a lot of fun uh, gathering all the information, putting it together for you. There were a ton more celebrity guests there that uh, we did not get to talk to, a lot more people from the American Pie cast. Uh, who else? Uh, my God, uh, a lot of the people who were like Jason and Mike Myers. and Yeah, a lot of the people, a lot of the horror genre people. But then people like Chris Sarandon, mm-hmm. that he was, he he's the voice of Jack Skellington. And he was also Prince Humperdinck, if you like the Princess Bride. So there you go. that's a big deal. Uh, Robert Rustler was there. Uh, he's been in a lot of things. Sometimes They Come Back was a big one um, from the early 90s maybe late 80s yeah a lot of good stuff a lot of good christmas story people a christmas story the bullies Mm -hmm. oh yeah the bullies from zach ward and i don't remember the other gentleman's name but uh i guess the point we're getting at a lot of uh cool celebs were there it was a very high caliber con uh really blew our expectations out of the water and we just had a great time so we strongly recommend uh checking it out if you are in the area or if it's coming near you uh go to horrorhound.com and check out their schedule see what they have going on you can see some past guests uh lots of cool things happening over there and again if you can go to that con make it happen Uh, I think that's going to do it, though, for this week. So uh, before we go, check out our website, candarepodcast.com. Again, lots of cool stuff happening there. You can check out our past episodes, read up on them. Uh, What else? We have a, uh, what is it, the Hall of Heroes page where you can uh, read up on actual real-world heroes, people in the world who have actually done heroic deeds. Uh, What else? Our special guest page where some of our interviews with some of these high-caliber guests we've had on the show uh most more recently george hardy of troll 2 if you're listening to this episode you're obviously a fan of horror hound and if you're a fan of horror hound then you probably know what troll 2 is so check out our our halloween episode with george hardy and we also had a episode not too long ago uh, where we explored what the world might be like without internet that was a lot of fun so uh just some uh, other episodes of ours you might be interested in uh check them out and and if you haven't listened to Phil Proctor's interview, uh, oh yes, that's what I was. It was to think unbelievable. Of. I mean, I I wasn't there, but I listened to it. 
just inten- intensely because he is a fascinating man who's lived like 11 different lives. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, Phil Proctor of Firesign Theater. Uh, go over to si- firesigntheater.com or planetproctor.com. That's his personal website. He's done so he's so done so much. many voices for so many of the video games you guys play. Mm-hmm. So many voices for you know different c- cartoons that people watch. Just He was Howard DeVille in Rugrats for 14 years. So uh, that's that's a that's character no a lot thing. of people are going to recognize right there. But uh, he's definitely a pioneer of comedy and uh, you know SNL sketch comedy that kind of stuff probably wouldn't be around today or be what it is today without the work that he and uh, Firesign Theater did. So yeah, go ahead and check out our episode with uh, Phil Proctor. I believe that was just, was that last week's? Yeah. Yeah, the week. episode before the one you're listening to here. So I want to give a big thanks to Nathan Hanneman for giving us the press passes to the uh, Whorehound uh, convention. Uh, it was very nice of him to do, and I hope uh, they really enjoy what we've put together here. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, too. So uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Brooke Johnson. Thanks for listening, everyone. And watching, by the way. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.